0: Hello and welcome to Creative Lives, the Lecture in Progress podcast. Lecture in Progress is an online resource that inspires and informs the next generation of talent by providing practical advice and insight into the creative industry. This podcast series features a broad range of people talking about what they do and how they got to where they are. Our guest this week is Sarah Williams.
1: I'm Sarah Williams. I'm the founder and director of Soho Curious & Co., uh, which is an arts consultancy.
0: Sarah's career path is a great example of how you can make a creative career work for you without a formal education. Having dropped out of a degree soon after starting, she decided to make her own way early on, moving to London with few connections, little in the way of a plan, and zero knowledge of the industry. But more recently, after gaining the necessary skills and experience for art buying within the world of advertising, Sarah set up her own business, Soho Curious & Co., We started off by asking Sarah what her current role entails and what it's been like to set up her own thing.
1: So I was actually made redundant from MNC Sarchi, which was kind of a blessing in disguise, I suppose. Um, and when I left, I had a little bit of time because uh, these things can happen quite quickly. So I didn't want to jump into anything else too soon. I had to sort of get my head around what had just happened and what I was going to do. And while I was sort of doing that, artists were coming to me saying, oh, Sarah, now you've got some free time on your hands. Can you, uh, can you give us a hand with my portfolio or websites or advising on you know what clients they should be looking for? And then a few brands started coming to me and saying, oh, Sarah, you know who's cool and interesting in the art world. Can you introduce us to a photographer or to a sculptor or whatever it might be? And I was like, oh, hang on a minute. I'm sitting in the middle here advising you both on each other. So I think there's a a business in here somewhere. Um, So that was basically the the thought behind it. And once I sort of had the thought, I just and I sort of started planning it. I actually couldn't really fathom the idea of going back and working with somebody else. I also think you get to an age, there's a certain time when you think, do you know what? I know how to do this now. I know what I could be doing better than, you know, you learn from all your mistakes that have happened and companies you've worked with that you didn't think worked very well and you put it all together and go, hmm, actually, no, I think I've got this now. I can do it. So it's been a massive and very steep learning curve starting my own company. Maybe slightly naively, I thought it would be a bit like freelancing. You know, people would come to me for jobs, I'd do the jobs and then off we go. But actually, it's so much more than that, setting up your own company. It's rather all consuming, it never stops. I have to do a lot of admin and diddly bits with, you know, setting up email addresses for people and all that sort of stuff, which I've never done before. Uh, Managing clients. I've been quite lucky in all my roles before. I've never really had to manage clients. Uh, I'm now learning how to deal with the politics of, you know, what goes on with clients. So that's interesting. Running social media takes up a huge amount of time. PR and marketing, trying to send out mailers, all that kind of stuff. It's just relentless, as well as actually trying to find new clients and keeping up to date with what artists are doing and going to private views and galleries and still trying to, you know, have a foot in the door with the creative industry as well. So it's definitely, it's really intense, but it is also very freeing and I can... I can choose that. I think the most freeing thing is not necessarily your time during the day, but you're literally the master of your own destiny and whatever you do, if something goes wrong, it's on your shoulders, but equally, anything good that happens, even the smallest things are just such a massive win. Like, oh my god, yes, I got that email to work or I've worked how to use a new app or something and there's no one around you to sort of ask any advice a lot of the time. So, yeah, it it feels really good when you do do things well and get them right.
0: After studying for an art foundation, Sarah began to seriously consider whether the traditional university route into industry was for her, as a believer in the value of real-world experience.
1: just got, this makes me sound really old, just got past a UCAS form uh, across the desk for us to fill in one day at college, and you just kind of filled it in. And no one, I realised once I got to, I went to Nottingham Trent Uni to do textiles and when I got there I realized that no one had actually ever asked me if I wanted to go to university it was just sort of assumed that that's what you would do and I remember I actually remember sitting in my room at uni um my halls and just thinking what am I doing here I don't I mean I like textiles but do I want to spend the next three years of my life studying it um not sure what am I going to get out of it and then I just thought Hmm. if I leave now and I go and start working in London doing textiles or in a creative industry, I will have three years worth of experience and no debts. And anyone who's going to uni will have three years worth of debts and no work experience. And I just sort of thought, if you want to be a doctor or, you know, something where you really have to have a qualification, then uni is definitely the way to go. And there's no way around that really but for a creative industry i just i don't know maybe i just thought it just wasn't necessary i'm sure i would have had a great time had i stayed but i only was there for a couple of months and then i left and moved to london with the idea of getting a job in uh, the creative industry and actually started working in bars and restaurants which i did for about four years still really good experience though and i don't regret a day of it it was a lot of fun
0: Sarah started out in London working in the restaurant industry, where she quickly progressed to a managerial role.
1: Don't underestimate the power of the kind of experience in the jobs that you have, because although I was working in a restaurant, the woman who was my manager there was actually, I would say, quite pivotal to how I moved forward. She was an amazing lady. She was incredibly driven uh, and a bit fierce too, but very kind. And she taught me so much. And day one, she said, Sarah, I need you to be my assistant manager. I was like, "What? I've just I've just, just arrived. I don't. I, I thought I'd be like handing out burgers." She said, "No, uh, the girl who was going to do it has actually just dropped out, and I think I, I know you can do it." And, and I remember her saying that, and that's really stuck with me. And we're still in touch now. And I messaged her the other day actually to say thank you. It's like you know, you said you can you, you can do this, and I was like, "No, I can't." You're like, "I can see it in you. You can be an assistant manager." I was like, Ooh. Uh, and then I just started managing the restaurant with her and she taught me how to do like, work with Excel spreadsheets and how to hire staff and like how to feed back to the owners of the company and present to them and that was really, really valuable looking back now.
0: Determined to find a more creative role, Sarah went through a recruitment agency to land an administrative job in advertising and soon discovered the role of an art buyer.
1: So I just looked up a few recruitment agents And I went and saw this recruiter and said, it's really simple. This is what I'm interested in. These are the skills I've learned in the restaurant world, but I'm a creative person. I've got a creative background and I want to do something that's Monday to Friday, nine to five. She said, who thought about advertising? I was like, I know nothing about advertising. And she got me a job in a little ad agency called Archibald Ingle Stretton, which was such a lovely agency to work at. Um, I started there as An admin assistant, literally making tea and coffee. It was such a great job. I really enjoyed it. Actually, got to talk to everyone. You weren't sort of restrained by loads of meetings. It wasn't stressful. It was just you know set up that meeting room and can you run and get a birthday cake for so and so? And it was a great job. I loved that. Um, And I met so many people, and they were all awesome. And it was a small agency, very family friendly. So yeah, at the at the agency I started off as a as an admin assistant and then there was a role called an art buyer. Um and the girl doing it, I thought she had the best job in the company. I was like I love what you do. She basically just, in my eyes anyway, was looking at portfolios all day. She was meeting cool agents and photographers and illustrators were coming in to show her work. People were always sending her nice stuff. I was like, that's a great role. She just seems to be chatting to people, really nice, creative people. Um, And you needed to be organized, which I'd learned very quickly from the kind of admin roles. You needed to be good with people which I just, I love talking to people, so that worked out quite well. Um, and you need to have a good eye, and I was creative, so actually it really it suited me down to the ground, um, and it was, yeah, it was, it was perfect.
0: The knowledge Sarah gained during this time eventually landed her the role of Head of Art Buying at M&C Saatchi, planting her firmly at the centre of both the art world and the advertising industry.
1: So the role at MSC Saatchi, I absolutely loved. It was a, it was a great role, and mainly because of the people I was working with. And my boss, Grant Parker, um, who is head of art, he was just so kind and so lovely. And my first day, we'd never actually discussed the job title, and my first day there. We were talking to his PA and setting up my email. And she said, What do you, he was there as well. And she said, um, Oh, what, what's the signature? What's Sarah's job title? And he said, Oh, uh, let's call a head of art buying. And I was like, Oh, God. Day one, I feel like I've just got a promotion. This is amazing. So I started off the role there as head of art buying and had this one girl, Mimi, working with me, who is incredible. And between us, we just had such a laugh. It was great. The thing that was very unusual about the art buying role at MNC was that most art buyers have to do some production work too. And they have to produce jobs and get involved in the nitty gritty and the, the spreadsheets and timings and all that sort of stuff. But we didn't. It was literally... You are the creative, like, how do I describe it? Sponge, I suppose, for the agency. We want you to go out and find out what is cool, what's interesting, who's doing what. You need to be the real creative knowledge. If anyone comes to you and says, we've got this idea, who should we look at? What should we do? It was our job to go, I know just the person, or saw this guy last week, or have you been to that exhibition? That would really help. It was an amazing job. And Grant gave us real, complete freedom to make it what the apartment what I wanted, which was lovely.
0: Although Sarah recognises the importance of art buying and commissioning roles, she explains that jobs in this area are now something of a dying breed.
1: The art buying role, sadly, is in decline. It is the most incredible role for someone with a good eye, and I feel very sad that it's on the decline because its I think it's so valuable to an agency. To have a department which is purely there to sort of feed the creatives inspiration all the time is really amazing. But it's a, you know, it's a role that is expensive. And a lot of agencies' client work doesn't directly pay for that role. So um, it means that it's a it's quite an easy one to get rid of in ad agencies at the moment. Lots of other roles are kind of merging into the art buying role. So the producers will do a bit of art buying, the creatives will do a bit of art buying. I suppose on its most basic level, it's finding photographers and illustrators and artists. And I guess the the big bosses in ad agencies are like, well, the creatives can do that. There's no reason why they can't Google a name and find it. Sadly, I think that's a mistake because there's a whole wealth of experience. And night budget negotiating is a huge part of that. And a creative is not really, if they don't have the experience in that, they're going to end up paying way more than they should do. Producers are exceptionally busy with the practical side of getting everything out the door. Um, So for them to have to spend time thinking about who they should call and are they the right kind of uh, artist to get involved, I think it's um, a shame that
0: it's gone or going. For those who are equally unsure about whether the university route is for them, Sarah has some advice on gaining experience.
1: I think if you've got the time while you're still studying before you have to make that big decision, I would definitely get some work experience. Um, There are so many incredible roles out there in the creative world. And I tell you, there are also a lot of people who need help. To have someone who would just be there to pick up all the smaller jobs, I think people really value that. And also, it's really valuable to have someone young on board in, in companies who's got some fresh ideas and some new insight you know, you need young people to be able to light those fires that you wouldn't necessarily otherwise think about. They've got a whole different perspective on life that is incredibly valuable. So yeah, work experience, working with people. I've seen some really impressive people, but to me, it's just the enthusiasm. Like if they don't have the skills, that's not necessarily a problem. I just want someone who's like, will just do it, just wants to Get up in the morning, get to work, get on with it. Enthusiasm and someone who's really keen to learn. Other than that, you can teach them the rest.
0: Finally, Sarah has some recommendations for anyone thinking of going freelance and working for themselves.
1: Freelance is different setting up your own business. Going freelance is a little bit easier. Um, You need to be organized and to be freelance, you need to be like a dog with a bone you will get turned down a lot, a lot, a lot. But if you send out 500 emails, you might get one reply, and that one reply might be the key. And just be nice to people, work hard and be nice to people, as Anthony Burrell says on his posters. I think that's so valuable. I actually hate the term networking, but I, it's very important. I think it's really important. Networking to me, always, I envisage people standing around in suits at conferences and stuff. But networking is super super important and I, this is something i have carried with me probably because i've never been very academic and wasn't great at school is that actually being friendly with people and face-to-face contact with people is so valuable you're much more likely to get a job with somebody when you've met them for a cup of coffee if you can get time with someone just go and yeah yeah go have a cup of coffee glass wine have a chat it's just so much nicer yeah, it's very valuable.
0: This episode of Creative Lives was brought to you by Lecture in Progress. It was presented by me, Indy Davis, and the guest was Sarah Williams. The editor was Ivor Manley. Lecture in Progress is made possible with the support of a number of brand partners. They include GF Smith, Google, Sky Creative Agency, Colophon Foundry, Heffler & Co. and the Paul Smith Foundation. For more information, check out lectureinprogress.com. And you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter.